0: Always enjoy this time of the year. There's always something a little bit different. You show up on Sunday and it's like, well, that, I, didn't, I didn't expect that, right? Which is fine because that's what today is all about. And the message is those unexpected things, things we expect, things we don't expect. And you know, I want you to think back to one of the strangest gifts that you've ever received, okay? Just think about it. What was so weird about the gift you got? Or maybe it wasn't so much the gift was weird, but maybe it was how it was wrapped was weird, Uh, For some of you, maybe you've never experienced this. I have. Maybe uh, you're sitting there and you look under the Christmas tree and you got the pretty decorated presents, but then there's a couple under there wrapped in a black garbage bag and duct tape. Okay? Uh, Yeah, it's like, didn't expect that, right? You might have a family member that does that. We do. But, you know, then I thought, well, why are in the Bible? Was there something strangely wrapped or a weird gift? And, And right away, one of my first thoughts was when Jesus went to the man who was blind and you can imagine being blind and you hear some guy, it's like, oh, it's, it's Jesus, you know. And he's like, and, you know, you can't see anything, but you hear, and you hear him clear his throat and like, and he spits. and He's like, I asked him to heal me, not spit on me. And then you feel something, you know, Jesus is making mud with the spit. And then you feel something moist hit your eyes like, oh, this was gross. I mean, the dude, just what he just did to me, right? This is so weird. But then he wipes his eyes and what? He's able to see. One of the weirdest ways to wrap a beautiful gift, right? But he is given the gift of sight. And so I thought a little bit further. It's like, okay, are there any other places in the Bible where things are sort of weird? And, well, we just come to the story that we're celebrating today. I mean, you think about it. One of the greatest gifts was wrapped in one of the most unusual ways. And we celebrate it every December. God wrapped in flesh. Think about that. Love packaged in an infant. The gift of eternal life with God was given to us in the most unusual way. Didn't expect to see that, did you? None of us do. And that's one of the incredible joys of celebrating this time of the year, the story of Christmas. You can grab your Bibles. You can go up to the John chapter 3 if you want. I'm going to be reading from there a few scriptures and a few other places. John chapter 3 Starting in verse 16, you, most of you know this, right? For this is how God so loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. That's usually where we stop. Can you please read the next verse? God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. Which often a lot of people are like, oh, He's just here judging me. You know, you Christians, you're judging people. If you get that negative sense, but it's like, no, 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 He didn't come here to judge the world. He came here to... Save the world. Oh, yeah, judgment will come, but he came to save the world first and foremost. John sort of repeats himself later in the same chapter. You can skim down to verse 34 where it says this For he who is Jesus is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the Spirit without limit. The Father loves his Son and has put everything into his hands, and anyone who believes in God's Son. Has eternal life, and anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. Now, if you didn't catch it the first two times, and actually, it's repeated a few more. Let me give it a third time in another book that John wrote. This is 1 John, chapter five, starting in verse eleven. And this is what God has testified: He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son, has life, whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so you may know you have eternal life. Again, one of the most unusually wrapped, yet best gifts ever given is eternal life through Jesus Christ, God's Son. What an incredible gift. Do you think about this? From the very beginning, it was just God. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, angelic beings, created beings, nothing else. And then God says, you know what? I'm going to create a world. I'm going to create a universe. I'm going to create mankind so that they can worship me. We read in John chapter 1. Now, if you're in John chapter 3, just go back to the very beginning. This is John's account of the Christmas story. I've heard pastors preach this. Go, this is one of my favorite stories to preach on Christmas. And I'm going, there's no, there's no angels. There's no Mary and Joseph. There's, there's no... There's no shepherd there. there's, But this is how John writes it. He says in verse 1, In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's Jesus Christ. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. What a beautiful way to start. is like, this is how the world began with God and His Son Jesus right there at his creation time. And the Holy Spirit, angelic beings, everything, right? And then it goes on to think about this. He creates mankind, but then here's the problem we, mankind, say, ah, we don't need God. So we rebel, we sin, we walk away, we snub our noses at God and say, we don't need you. And this great divide takes place. There's now distance between us and God, sin separates us from this holy God. God speaks to mankind and he looks and says, I'm trying to save you, I love you, but we don't want to hear. So he speaks through men and women, prophets and various people. And, and again, we ignore those voices. Mankind goes through this time of we're going to obey God. But then we disobey God. Then God's like, I'm going to judge you and punish you for it. And then we're like, I'm sorry. And so we get forgiven and then we obey God. And then the, the cycle returns and it's a vicious cycle just returned over and over and over again. It's a never-ending cycle. And it's like this world is going to remain like this, separated from God. We're going to remain in darkness and death because we've rejected God's gift. Look at verse 4. It says, The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. Verse 9. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. Verse 12 says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Let me pause. I've told you before, write this down, underline this verse, John one twelve. This is your spiritual birth certificate. When you ever question, okay, what family did I, do I belong to? If you place your faith in Jesus Christ, according to John one twelve, to all who believe and accept him, you've been given right to be called children of God. Oh, we're all God's children. No, we're not. Only those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. Those are children of God. And here's your birth certificate to to show it, right? Look at verse 13. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Verse 14, so the word, Jesus, became flesh or human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we've seen his glory. The glory of the Father, the one and only Son. Church, know this. God loves you, loves you so much that in that darkness and in that separation, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to bridge the gap. That chasm that lies between us and God has now been closed. We now can have a relationship with the God of this universe because he left the throne room of heaven to bring us hope and peace and love and joy. And the Bible, when you look at the Bible, we say, oh, it's it's, it's history, yes, but it's also a love story, yes, and it's also a rescue story. It's a cosmic event put down on paper so, us, so we can read it and understand it and learn more about it and have a changed life. With all that being said, let me ask you this. Did you expect that from God? We just sang this song. What kind of king, right? What kind of God would do this? What kind of God would come plant? I would have never expected that from a God, right? See, we all have expectations. Did you expect this? How about when you woke up this morning you had expectations? Some of you woke up and you went to your Christmas tree and you're like, I can't wait to open up these gifts. And maybe you didn't get those gifts that you thought you were going to get and your expectations got crushed. Or maybe you went to the tree and you pulled out the presents and you got more than you thought and your expectations were blown away. Or maybe you're like, wrap it up, Rex. So we can go home and open up our gifts and find out if our expectations are crushed or not, right? I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Here's the thing. Regardless, we all have these expectations in life. I heard a story about, you know, you think about when you watch this pageants or Christmas stories or plays at church, you, you expect how the story's gonna go, right? Well, this one Sunday school class, they were gonna put on a Christmas pageant, and they're passing out the parts to all the different kids. And this one little boy's like, oh, if I could just get the part of, of Joseph. I just I want the part of Joseph. I could I wanna be the star, I wanna be Joseph, right? And the teacher comes up and gives him the part of the innkeeper. Ah, oh, the innkeeper. One big line. No room in the inn. Sorry. Right? What a bummer of a line. Meanwhile, this other kid in this class, the kid that he's like rivals with, he's like, man, that, uh, that kid gets me every time. You know, he's just, that kid. I, I know I'm not supposed to hate people, but I'm pretty close. Right? The teacher gives that kid Joseph. He's like, oh, he got Joseph. So in his mind, through all the practices that they Preparing for that day. He's thinking, How can I get him back? He's just thinking it through thinking. Well, the night of the performance comes. Mary and Joseph come walking on the stage. The innkeeper's behind his door. The door knock opens it up. Is there any room in your inn? And right away the innkeeper's like, Come on in, I got a special room just for all of you. Come right on in. Oh, right away that was like Joseph's thinking, uh-oh. Um how do I keep this back you know, on track? And he's like, he's like, looks in. And he's like, Ah, Mary, we're not going in this dump. Let's go out to the barn out back. Right, and takes them off, and the pageant goes back on track. Now, would have anybody expected that? And sitting in the audience, nope. Right, we have these expectations for how the story should go, but when you think about the story and what took place, all these expectations were blown away. Zachariah and Elizabeth, John the Baptist, that was their parents. She's not supposed to have any kids. She can't have any kids. Well, unexpectedly, she has a boy, right? Mary probably dreamed of having this perfect marriage. is this, is this child, thing. thinking, when I grow up, I'm going to get married. and It's going to be like this. Did that happen the way she thought? Nope. Expectations crushed. Joseph, he grew up a carpenter. Talented. You think as a, the job of a carpenter, you have in your mind a vision for how your things are going to be made and it's in perfectly ordered. There's no chaos at all, right? Because you know how things are going to be designed. And then, this is how my marriage is going to start? Not exactly perfectly ordered, designed as I thought, more chaotic. Expectations crushed. Maybe they're thinking it's going to be a simple delivery. Oh, we'll be at home. We're not traveling anywhere. And we'll have a birthing room and everything's going to be... In. Those expectations were crushed. All right. Shepherds, oh, they're just hanging in their fields. It's just another night, guys. Let's just relax and just take care of the sheep. Ooh, that changed. The wise men, the, these prestigious stargazers from the east, they had thought of ever traveling the great distance that they would travel. But they did, unexpectedly. Have a child, settle down, relax. Well, we've had the baby. Let's just chill, right? Oh, then a decree from King Herod to kill all baby boys, two and under. Didn't see that coming either. All these expectations were crushed, right? See, we all have expectations, but they don't always go the way we think they're going to go we, or we hope they're going to go. All I can say is this is just not your predictable Hallmark movie or Disney princess. Everybody lived happily ever after story, right? It just doesn't work that way. And it doesn't happen that way in our life either. So when you look at the Bible and say, Boy, I didn't see that coming. That was unexpected. It's like, good, because our life is the same way. I'm sure over the last few days, things have taken place that you didn't expect to happen. I'm sure the radios as they were driving home from Cleveland didn't expect to get in an accident. I'm sure there's other people who have had things happen around their house, things that have broken in your house that you didn't expect to happen. I'm sure some of you as you're cooking and making food and you're thinking, well, I'm not expecting anything to get burnt and I'm not going to spill anything either, right? But it burnt and something got spilt. These things happen. You probably weren't expecting your your car to break down, your battery to die. You probably weren't expecting a relationship change in your life over the holiday weekend, right? You're probably not expecting a change in the economy in this world. Or, well, maybe you did. I mean, we sort of expect some of these things now, right? Some of you didn't plan to get sick. Some of you didn't plan to get injured. Nobody plans these things, a panic attack or emotionally stressed. I I wasn't expecting this over Christmas. Even the weather channel, as much as it tells you, prepare, prepare, prepare. We're not fully expecting what we're going to get until it arrives. So many things that we expect get crushed, don't they? So isn't it good to look at the story in the Bible and say, they can relate and I can relate. Maybe this makes a little bit more sense to me, right? Right. So let me give you a little caution today, church, in celebrating Christmas, okay? Some of you, maybe you've already had Christmas gatherings, but today is is Christmas. And and for me, here's my problem with this. I get depressed on Christmas. You know why? Because it's almost over. I wait so long for this day, and I sit here during the day thinking, it's going to be over tomorrow. And I'm so bummed. Right, And it's hard to enjoy the day because my expectations are going to be crushed here within less than 24 hours. And and so let me just say this. Let me help you here. Place your focus on Jesus Christ. And you're like, yeah, that's super simple. Let me say it again. Place your focus on Jesus Christ and what he did and what happened 2,000 years ago, not on what's happening yesterday or today or tomorrow. We need to get our focus a little bit more there. So if your celebration is is based on expectation, you will be disappointed. It won't be the kind of Christmas you wanted. Let it be placed on what took place, not what you hope will take place. I often joke about the Hallmark Christmas movies, oftentimes, and other Christmas movies, but can I just remind you this? They are designed to make you feel good. That's, that's the way they're designed. You know, by the end of the movie, there's going to be that first kiss or there's going to be, you know, they're going to, they're going to get together. There's going to be a gift given. They're, the job is going to be miraculously saved. You know, there's, they're going to make it in time to celebrate. Somebody that wasn't home is going to get home. That's what, you know how these stories are going to be. You can watch the first 10 minutes of a Hallmark movie. You already know what's going to happen in the end because it's designed to make you feel good. We expect happy endings. But that's entertainment. That's movies. They're made to do that. This is real life. Let me say this about social media as well. And here's the thing about social media. Uh, it, it's, it's good. It's fun. Okay? So if you're a social media person, have fun with it. But I, I just want to prepare you for something. It can also bring jealousy and anger and depression and low self-esteem. And why is that? Because sometimes we hop on like, oh, look what present they got. I Wish I got that. Oh, They're all happy. Look, they're happy. Be happy, right? And we look across the room at everybody, right? Or or we're like, oh, look where they went. I wish I was going there. And it's very easy to look at social media and then we go down, right? And here's the thing. When we post those kind of things, I don't think anybody in here or anywhere posts intentionally like, I'd like to make people feel bad about themselves, so I'm going to post a picture of me. I don't think we do that. We're just, we're excited, aren't we? And We post these things and that's Okay. But just be aware, if you're basing your Christmas off of what you're holding in your hand, you'll be disappointed. It's not about what's taking place. It's about what took place. Faulty expectations, false hopes, uh, they're like storms. There's a lot of it going on around us and you got to learn to focus in. And it's hard. I get it. The other morning, and some of you maybe felt the same way, when, the, the, you know, I think it was Thursday morning, was it Thursday, but Friday morning, when the winds came in, super hard, gusty winds, 50-mile-per-hour winds, and I I'm, I'm, go out like I always do in the morning, it's dark, start my coffee, get my Bible, get my journal, sit down, I'm sitting there, and I'm drinking my coffee, doing my quiet time, and I hear the wind. Just I'm, I'm, and I'm hearing it hit uh, like our shed. We call it the lodge. And it's like, okay, is that going to blow over? And then I'm, I'm trying to read. Like, I wonder how many shingles are out in the yard right now. And I'm trying to read. and It's like, I wonder. You know, there's there's so much going on outside that it was so hard to focus on the word. We do the same thing at Christmas. It's about what took place 2,000 years ago, but we got everything going on around us, and sometimes it's hard to hone in and focus in on what took place. But just as there's, I said, unexpected misfortunes, there's a lot of uh, what we'll call those expectations that were surprises and blessings too. And what I mean by that is maybe you received a card with some kind words. You didn't, you didn't expect it, but you got a card with these kind words. Maybe somebody gave you a gift card. Somebody gave you a present you didn't expect. Maybe uh, maybe it was, like for us, somebody showed up at our door with a bag of chips and salsa. It's like, what a blessing. It's something so simple, maybe so small. Maybe it's a bonus in your check. Maybe it was, uh, again, somebody shared a, a bucket of FFA fruit and, and beef sticks and, and peanuts. And it's like... That's awesome. You know, we were able to share it all, and maybe it's just a hug or a smile. There's a lot of unexpected little things, too, that sometimes we overlook. We're looking at all the unexpected misfortunes. How about the unexpected blessings as well? But even then, with those things, I think it's good for us to come back to what took place 2,000 years ago, and not so much what's taking place right now. In those darkened times, When you are struggling with this, just listen for the voice. Say, God, speak to me, please. Like the angels, I need to hear a fear not. I'm bringing you good news. We all need to hear that, don't we? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I was thinking about them. They were expecting a barbecue, right? Them being the main course, but they were blessed to walk in the fire with Jesus. I was thinking about Jonah. Jonah was expecting an underwater burial. What did he get? He got a taxi that looked like a fish and was freed. Joseph, he expected prison and death. What did he get? He got a promotion and a palace. Regardless of of what you expect and what actually happens, key phrase, God with us. Through the midst of all of these things, the unexpected, God is with us. And he was with Mary and Joseph even before Jesus was born. Think about the start for Mary and Joseph. Let's go back to that story as we sort of come around to the story that some of you were hoping to hear. Mary and Joseph had this life-changing announcement that they were going to have a child, and it started a whole new life journey for them. They were already the talk of the town, and it was not a good talk. To be pregnant at such a young age and not to be married could have meant death for them. It could have been ostracized, you're just kicked out, right? There's not going to be a baby shower, no gifts, none of that kind of stuff. And, and for Joseph, you had to think maybe on what he was going through in his mind trying to process all this. Because Joseph probably grew up like every other little boy in town, going to the synagogue. And as they went into the synagogue and sat down and they unrolled the scrolls and they read from the prophets and they probably heard from Isaiah was, was read. For unto us a child is born and the government will rest on his shoulders and we'll call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And then he's like, what? That's what the angel was talking to me about. I remember now in the synagogue growing up, hearing these prophecies. This is it. I mean, could have that been going through the mind of Joseph? You think of the distance that they had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. That's a long trek, especially if you're walking by foot, especially if you're pregnant, right? And as they're walking, their discussion about angels and, and prophecies, Probably changed a little bit to, how are we going to raise a child? and How are we going to raise a king? How are we going to raise the Son of God? And were people asking, like, hey, did you pick a name yet? And it's like, uh, yeah, we picked a name. I don't know if we can share it with you yet. Right? And as they journeyed, they probably were keeping all this to themselves and they probably journeyed a little bit slower because, after all, Mary was pregnant, right? So she probably needed to stop. You need to rest. Let's rest, okay? And the caravan kept on going. So people are continuing to walk and continuing to journey. And All right, you ready to go? Okay, let's go. We'll go a little bit slower. And maybe that's maybe they were at the back of the caravan when everybody's getting to Bethlehem. And so they start knocking on all these doors, trying to find a place to stay. And, well, it's a little hard to find a place to stay when everybody else got there ahead of you, right? It's probably challenging for them in, in that part of the journey. But as they finally get there and... There's no room in an inn, according to the scripture, right? And you think about that moment. What does that mean, no room in an inn? We were hoping to find a place, but here's the numbers. I think a lot of time the innkeeper gets the bad deal. He's like, what a mean guy. Here's something you end to understand about the Middle East culture, is that is hospitality is expected. If you knock on the door, you could expect to be treated well, even if they didn't know you. So when you hear this story, it just doesn't make sense that there was no room in the inn. And you're trying to figure this out, right? Well, the word for inn in the Greek word is kataluma. Kataluma actually means like an upper room. It's like a guest room. So if you were to read through the book of Luke and you get to the point where Jesus says, I want you to go and prepare a room for us as we're going to have the Passover. He uses what word? The kataluma. It wasn't, we're going to go to the hotel and eat together. It was, we're going to go to the kataluma, which is an upper room. And when we read scripture, it says, I'm sorry, there's no room in the Cataluma. There's, there's no room in our upper room. And we start picturing, like, what does that look like? So here's a floor plan of maybe a Middle Eastern uh, house that you would maybe found in Bethlehem. And you can see when you walk in, first thing you see is a stable all the way to your left side. See, the stable was actually in the house. You kept your animals in the house. And it would have been sort of like this. If this is the stable, the front of the stage here, down here is the stable. This is where the stable is. Built into the first floor are the mangers. So the cattle could come up, the sheep could come up, they could eat right out of the manger where I'm standing, which is also the same room where our family living room is. And if we were fortunate, we had an upper room, a kataluma. That's where our guests stay. And there's no room in the upper room, but they had the baby and he was found in a manger. Now this totally blows away, sorry, this blows away a lot of your nativity scenes because you know the little shack that the baby Jesus was born in was probably a mile outside of town according to all the pictures that you've seen, right? Or maybe it was a cave, right? And there were wise men there. We already took the wise men out because they came a couple years later after he's in a home. And you're like, man, my nativity scene is totally being destroyed. Sorry. But, you know, for, again, entertainment's sake, we, they keep, your, keep your nativity scenes. They look good. A lot of theologians studying this, though, discovered that uh, sometimes a person's house, let me give you another picture, contained the stable underneath. So it was underneath, along with the living area, and then up above was the upper room, the kataluma. Now let me give you one more picture. And this is a picture. Now you can see the big circ- um, the arch, and then look a little bit lower below that. It's another arch. It's a little cave-like below. That's where the stable would have been. So that could have been to what it looked like where... Jesus was born. There was no room in the inn up above, so guess where Jesus is going to go? But we do have room down in the stable area, which could have been the cave, which we often hear of. Again, we don't have an actual picture of the birthplace of Jesus because where they believe it was is now the, the church of Bethlehem is built over top of it, and you really, we really don't know. But according to, again, theologians and archaeologists, this is really probably what it could have looked like. So I want you to think about this. Poor Mary and Joseph. They get there. It's like, well, here, you can be here actually in our house or in the cave below the house. But the people up above, they're hearing Mary give birth. Oh, I'm sure there were birthing pains. There was contractions. There was a lot of, you know, ouch, right? Some of you men have maybe been in the room. And back in Middle Eastern time, though, the men probably weren't supposed to be in the room. So maybe... Remember the ladies from up above and the house above came down to help. We, We don't know how it all worked. All we know was it was not as pretty and nice. It wasn't what you would expect out of the birth of Jesus Christ. Why would the king of the universe, why would the God who created all this do that? Didn't see it coming, did you? Very unexpected. And it's for that reason we say, this Christmas, whatever your expectations are, and they may or may or may not get crushed, how about we just take our focus and put them on what took place, not what's going to take place. What took place 2,000 years ago, not what's happening now. And just thank God that through all the unexpected things that happened in your life, God can say, I can totally relate. Been there, done that. And that's why I'm here with you now to help you through this with what you're going through. Never could anybody come up with a story like this, right? But God did. And to me, that's amazing. A humble start, chaotic, anxious, probably lonely, fearful, unmet expectations. All to do what? All to be with you and me. To give us a gift we did not deserve. Eternal life through Jesus Christ, His Son. This helpless, dependent, covered with fluid baby, Was also Almighty God, wonderful counselor, everlasting father, prince of peace. He arrived a couple thousand years ago in the flesh, and he's never left us since. He's given us his spirit. Our eternal hope is in his son. Our love, our joy, our peace, our God is with us. So, church, listen carefully. Now we have, since we have Christ with us, now we have more expectations. And that's for the second coming of Jesus Christ. He's come once. He's never left us with the Spirit. But here's the thing. He will come again this time to take us to be with him for eternity. When is that going to be? I don't know. But I better be alert. I better be ready. Church, I'd ask the same of you. If there's anything I could wish upon you or give to you this Christmas, it is that The the knowledge and understanding that you have received this gift from God. That you have, in your own heart, made that decision. You've said, you know what? I am a sinner. I've messed up. I've, I've, I've blown it. But I want to get it right with God. God, forgive me. And you've prayed and you've asked God to forgive you of your sins. And you've asked Him to come into your life. You've not only asked Him to save you, you've asked Him to be your Lord. Have you done that this morning? Have you done that ever? If not, this would be a great day to accept the gift that he's given you. Eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. I ask you, do not leave this place without making sure. Be ready. Because when he comes, every knee will bow again. Just as the shepherds, just as the wise men, just as the demonic and the sick, and even Peter and the rest of the disciples at one time fell on their knees before Jesus, we too will fall on our knees before Jesus. One day, every knee shall bow before Jesus. Scripture tells us that. And either we're going to bow before him saying, Lord, thank, thank you for letting me be in your presence, or it's going to be, Lord, why am I being judged as you're sent to hell? Every knee will bow. How will it be for you? Be alert. Be ready. Worship team, would you come forward, please? I often uh, have these, I, I dream a lot, and I, like you know, somebody's like, oh, when you go to bed at night, you're, like, you're going to dream, and I, I dream a lot. And a lot of my dreams, uh, and I probably have somebody out here with a psychology type major, you're probably going to analyze me and talk to me about this afterwards, that's fine, go for it. I could use some help, okay? But I have these dreams, and one of the dreams I have a lot of is, is not being ready. I've had dreams where I'm at a church, it's been this church, it's been my home church, I grew up in another church maybe I've spoken at, a church I've never been in before, but it's immaculate, it's huge, and it's like five minutes before the sermon and I am not even properly dressed to be in front of a church. And I'm like, wait, I haven't shaved, I haven't brushed, I haven't brushed my teeth, and where's my sermon notes? And, I've, and I'm going to be preaching, what? You know? And then I've had those dreams or maybe it's the same way. I'm in the locker room at, and getting ready for a football game. And it goes like, let's go. And everybody runs out of the locker room. And, and I'm like, I don't even have my shoulder pads on. Where's my helmet? And, and, you know, the game's starting and I'm supposed to be out there. And I have these dreams where I'm supposed to be somewhere and I'm supposed to be ready. And I'm not. Again, like there's some probably reason. That I probably have this fear in my life of not being ready, right? Church, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm ready for the return of Jesus Christ. I've, I've confessed with, with my mouth. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm ready. Are you? If you're fearful of not being ready, today, again, would be an incredible day to make sure you are ready. Would you stand, please? As you stand and as I pray, if, if you need to, right where you're standing, you can pray and ask God to forgive you of your sins. You can ask Him to come into your life and to be your Lord and your Savior. And you can receive the ultimate gift that could ever be given that is eternal life through Jesus Christ. A lot of unmet expectations. That's just the way this road is. But here's the one thing I can't expect. If if I pray that prayer, I can't expect that God is with me and he will never leave me. Through all the problems that I have or the struggles, he's he's not abandoning me. He's not leaving me. That I know. That I know. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, what an amazing God you are. Thank you, Lord, that we could worship you today in truth and song. And God, I pray right now that as we we've celebrated the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, and we ask the question, Why would you do it? And we look at all the things that we we could have expected it to be great in the story, but then something different happened and all these, all these things that we didn't expect and even in our own life now we look at the things in our own life and we say I didn't expect that and I wonder God if we were able to in our misfortunes and unmet expectations can look back at this story and say ah you know exactly how I feel and you do because you are God with us so Heavenly Father I pray right now wherever we're at in our emotions our feelings our thoughts Lord, help us to make sure we are ready right now for your second coming. You came once, you gave us eternal life. You're coming again, and you're gonna finish off what you started. We need to be ready. We need to receive this gift that you've given us. So God, if we've not prayed, if, if we need to pray right now and ask for forgiveness, God, hear our prayers. Forgive us of our sins, Lord come into our life, Lord. Be the Lord of our life. Guide us. Help direct us. Help us to make the right choices. When we're we're seeking wisdom, help us to find those answers. God, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for coming into our life. Thank you for being the Lord of our life. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. God, we love you. In thy name we pray.